Hello, world. Welcome to the Codex Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Rulo. It is January 12th. 2016, I do apologize. <laughs> Welcome to 2016, everyone. Uh, the holidays and the sicknesses are over. Carl Bird? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you hate the holidays. I am a gr- I am a certified Grinch during the holiday season. I'd rather skip Christmas wow. and go straight to New Year's. Do you like the holidays-ish? And eh. you hate Christmas? Eh. The stress is too, it gets to me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. Uh, Victor, do you love the holidays? I sure do. <laughs> That's good. It's a jolly good time all around. I like your family's uh, Thanksgiving um, way to go about it. They just have to take the time off. Just take it and enjoy it. Yep. Go see a flick. I like that. I wish I could do that. Oh, yeah. And still eat. That'd be really awesome. Um, my holiday wasn't too great because I had this few days off from work and I got sick. Mm. I was really sick. Then Eris got really sick. Did you guys get sick? Yeah, yeah. but that was after the holidays. Yeah, well, right. New, New Year's. Like, I was super sick on New Year's. So yeah, it's still holiday, yeah. It's like passing through everyone. Yeah. It's terrible. Did you get, get sick at all? No, not not at all. Gross. I'm jealous. When you good. hide in your hermit cave right. for the, the entire holidays, you don't get sick. It's a good plan, Vic. The good thing. I might adopt it next year. <laughs> the one, the only thing, the good thing about that is that uh, during the holidays or during my sick break, I got to watch a lot of Star Wars Clone Wars. And I got to read Darth Vader Volume One and Star Wars Volume One. And the real quick thing, and I know we talked about it briefly, I've seen episodes of uh, Clone Wars here or there. Um, people recommend it or just like big things in the Star Wars universe because it is still canon. Yep. So if you want good stuff, that's the one to watch. And I will just say, no spoilers or anything, I'm like three seasons in out of six. Um, it makes the tragedy of Darth Vader like 1,000 times more upsetting because you see him like as Anakin and like his friendships and like stuff that he does. So it just it just it, it really adds to the prequels and just the fact that he becomes Darth Vader and then add that on to Volume One of Darth of Vader. Like mm-hmm. there's like one point where he's like, "Oh, Obi Wan tried to train you. He wasn't ever a good master." I was like, "Oh man," because <laughs> they have a really cool relationship in Clone Wars. Like it's hilarious and it just makes you really sad. And I'm gonna continue watching it. So I highly recommend Clone Wars if you're a Star Wars fan or mm-hmm. just want to get more into it. Absolutely, that's what I did. That was literally my entire holiday hey, it's break. A- it's a holiday break well spent. It was, yes, it was. Oh, I'm, I am watching also Making a Murderer on Netflix. I've been I've hearing a lot of things, yeah. good things mm-hmm. about That's that. That's like the new hotness right now. Mm-hmm. But I it's need ten, to start up on that. Yeah, it's 10 episodes or each an hour. It's like a 10-episode documentary. Mm. It's really long. So like sometimes, and it, 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 it's really heavy. So I was watching a few episodes, I'm like, I gotta take a break. I gotta take a freaking break. That shit's intense. And, um, mm. and it's, like a, it's a true story, so it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I really need to get started on that. I've heard nothing but good things. Mm. And uh, you watched a little bit of Clone Wars, right, Eris? Yeah, I did. How do you like it? Yeah, it was good. I'm, I'm only on season one, mm. so it's still like it gets better. It does get better too. Yeah, yeah. I like the format where they don't necessarily have to have a continuing storyline, which is cool. Yeah. So they basically do this whole like war reporter thing. Yep. At the beginning of each episode, where it's like, okay, last episode ended, but the next episode, Anakin and and Obi Wan Kenobi are at the front lines of blah 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 fighting the Separatists, and it's yeah. a completely different place and time and thing that yeah. from whatever happened last episode. They'll do like short so stories, cool. like three episodes or like one contained story, and then yeah. like it'll just jump forward. And then there's like one episode that's only clones, which I think is awesome. It's one of my favorite episodes. This is cool. a bunch of rookie clones. I really like it. Yeah. Good time. But the uh, chronologically, mm-hmm. it's not episode. There's a way you have to look online to see if you want to watch it exactly chronologically. Yep. But I'm just watching it based off release. Okay, that's good. Recommended. Anything else, Harris? The way they came out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch episodes one, two, three first. Right, Vic. 
What? Not gonna watch episodes one, two, three first? Hell no. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, you're asking me like what I've if there's anything I want to mention? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Um, I took the first. I, do, I went first this time. I usually save myself for last, but I went wow, first. So I really want to talk about Clone Wars. See, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good show. Uh, just a couple or one. I'll give one anime recommendation. Um, it's a series from a couple years ago, I think. Um, I think it came out in 2014. Uh, Fate Zero. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, it's about a uh, mage war. So you might be into that, Maurice. So there's it's on Hulu? It's about a show. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. The whole I thing love mage wars. It's on Netflix. So seven mage families every so often, every 60-something years, the Holy Grail appears at a location on Earth, and the seven mage families go to war. Uh, to obtain it, the winner of that war uh, gets the Holy Grail and gets any wish they want granted. Like the family or one person? One person. Okay. But they're from that family, so right. technically I guess the family. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, like mage powers and teachings and all that stuff are passed down from, you know, generation to generation and whatnot. Um, and to fight those wars, they use uh, servants, which are basically familiars, uh, which they call upon, uh, and they, they basically summon uh, these servants, which happen to be epic heroes of history, mm. which is pretty cool. Like real history or fake history? Both. Oh, cool. Legend. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> legend and real history. It's cool. That kind of thing, um, which is pretty cool. So they basically manifest these summons. They're like ghosts ghosts but you know they're like spirits but physical and whatever and they go to fucking war and they beef and it's pretty fun it's a good show i enjoy it i enjoyed it greatly check it out when i hit the 1.4 billion dollar lottery 1.5 now yes we're in a pot yes when we win the 1.5 billion dollar lottery i'm never going to see you guys ever again it's been a real fun time I'm also going to invent an anime because they just come up with the craziest ideas. They sure do. <laughs> Seven mage families, Holy Grail, 60 years. Sure. Yeah. It's great. So way to go. <laughs> Fighting ghosts. I love it. Do they have a whole series on there? Yes. Okay. There's actually a couple different ones. Um, Fate Zero is like the, oh. what happened to kind of set things in motion for. So I believe the first one was Fate Stay Night, which I... I am currently trying to watch, but I'm not enjoying as much as Fade Zero because mm-hmm. it is uh, more of like a teenage drama show. The Fade Zero is like adults and shit. Oh, okay. they, they, they have yeah, like screw kids. Real, yeah, so it's kind of like a little bit more melodramatic and slower, which I don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fade Zero is just a lot more action packed. So uh, definitely start with Fade Zero, and if you enjoy it, try to watch Fade Stay Night. And if you can't, who cares? Fade Zero is awesome. <laughs> Check that out. Uh, I also watched The Good Dinosaur. Oh, I just asked you about that earlier today. Pixar's latest flop, actually. Yeah, that that's weird. Totally flop. Why does that do bad? Uh, I think it's because it's not as charming as their other movies. Like, mm. that movie cannot hold Inside Out's jock. Mm. It doesn't hold a candle to that movie. Um, that's weird. It's, it, it's, like, you can usually like, picture it just like poop out gold. Yes. I believe this one and Ants are the only two that Ants. didn't do well. I like that movie. Wait, <laughs> no, they did Bugs movie. Life. Bugs That's the one, yeah. sorry. Ants was I like another Ants studio. Too, Bugs Life, Bugs yeah. Life is what I they meant. They did come out the same, same year, thing, though. stupid bug movie. Yeah, it was really came um, out the same year. Yeah, those two, Bugs Life, that was that was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, those two. It's actually a pretty decent movie, but it's just, it doesn't have that normal Pixar charm, and I feel like they also went wrong uh, the visual style is like semi-realistic. Mm-hmm. And you think it was a that, movie just to like 
Hey, here's some to Toy Story Four comes out. No, no, I don't think Pixar, I don't think that's how Pixar works. They don't just crap stuff out for the money usually. Since that was this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll that's where that they put out two in a year. Actually, now that you mention it, they always do two a year. No, huh. no, maybe that's not. Interesting, but yeah, I mean, I can totally see why people didn't flock to see the the good mm-hmm. dinosaur. It definitely wasn't as good as pretty much almost anything Pixar's <laughs> ever done. Decent movie. I would not recommend going to the theater. It's the rental. Check it out when it comes to, to Dropbox or whatever. It's good that they're, they're Redbox. It's good that they're decent. Like they're bad movies. They're still decent. That's yeah, it's totally watchable. If you have kids, they'll love it. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. Will do. Colbert, are you going to watch Good Dinosaur? Uh, oh, I just don't do kid movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We, for, we forgive you. We forgive you. I enjoy animation. <laughs> in all forms. Uh, you got <laughs> You got anything during the long holiday break, Colbert? Um, I have actually been keeping myself busy though. But I've been, re- you know, reading comics, catching a few movies and stuff. Um, Secret Wars Eight came out, and Secret Wars Nine will be out tomorrow. So I'll be catching those out. I end up reading um, Drax numbers one and two, which was written by CM Punk. Uh, very comical. I was kind of hoping he would take more of a serious route, but I'm gonna say it seemed like very, um, very comical. Yeah. But as as Marvel is releasing Secret Wars, they're releasing other comics as well, like the stand, the regular stories. Yeah. Alongside of it, are they taking place after There's Secret some, Wars? There are some that are like that do pertain to um, Secret Wars, but then there are also like just other mm-hmm. other comics that okay. they've been putting out, like Drax, for instance. Gotcha. Um, and then, um, you know, over the break, I end up catching a VH1 TV movie called The Breaks. Really, um, Carl. A VH1 TV movie. Listen, you work overnight. You were you were just talking about how you have no time to watch good movies, but you're oh my god, Carl. Listen, when you work overnights at a group home, <laughs> they still have VCR. AMT. Right? Yeah, exactly. VCR combination. Oh exactly. crap! Speaking of on. VCR, that reminds me. Uh, I'm sorry to butt in, Carl. But I feel like I should mention that I watch those Star Wars despecialized editions. Right. So out there on the wild west of the internet, there is a group of uh, fans who meticulously reconstructed the original Star Wars trilogy from original source materials, various forms of source materials, including the original VHS tapes, to remove all of George Lucas special effects bullshit from all of those versions of the movie. And they're all out there on the internet in HD. And uh, it's a fantastic product. It's really good. Uh, I know because I recently watched the special editions with the terribly aged special Yes, it did not age well. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's it's really a lot better watching it with the original, like, the the original episode Mm 4. Looks fantastic without all that bullshit. With just the practical effects, way better. Interesting. Mm. I'm, like, Star Wars out. (laughs) (laughs) I may actually be, too. Uh, But probably not. Um, Yeah, this was several weeks ago that I watched. I haven't seen anything Star Wars related in a while. Mm. But commercials, I, I assume. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but, um, no, the praise is basically about, like, um, this one girl who's been, like, trying to get a job at a, um, at a, ma- at a hip-hop management company, and then uh, another kid, another kid who was played by uh, Tristan Wilds, um, he's a up-and-coming producer, been trying to get, trying to get signed, trying to get talent to put a good demo out. 
Method Man plays his father, so you know I'm kind of getting old when Method Man is playing somebody's father. Is <laughs> Man in there? No. No, now, honestly, Method Man was the only rapper that was in the movie. So it seemed just kind of like a meh, okay, nice little hip-hop movie, I guess. But soundtrack was great. It takes place in 1990, so if you're really into, like, old-school hip-hop, you know, and everything that came out during the golden age of hip-hop, you'll, you'll definitely enjoy the soundtrack for it. Um, I finally sat down and watched Fruitville Station, so very good movie, so I see why, like, Brian Kruger is, like, getting the work that he's been getting lately. Yep. He uh, is directing uh, Black Panther. Panther, yeah. We That's will discuss right. that later on in the show. But... What else did he do recently? Creep. Creed. That's right, I knew he did something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're happy with that choice of Black Panther? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm fine with it. No, I'm just chief. I think it's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, uh, the Stone Cold podcast with Rick Flair and I caught up with the one with Shawn Michaels. So both very informative if you're, you know, a big wrestler head. So. Yeah. I get a, I'm going to listen to that. I got to catch up on his stuff because I'm a few episodes behind. Yeah. Um, but do you, you like the, have you, have you watched any of those, like those two? Because it's like a different one where they film it at his ranch, but like yeah, both live. Of them, yeah, both recorded. of them were filmed at his ranch. Yeah. I like the live ones because he will literally just say whatever. (laughs) It's fantastic. Uh, That all you got? Yeah. And then, you know, all my holiday activities and stuff. Um, No one wants to hear about that. Because you hated it. Because you hate Christmas. I had fun fun New Year's. I will say that. That's good. There's a video of me that surfaced of me popping on New Year's. So... (laughs) We have, we have. I, I feel, I felt like an old time, one of them old timers that just stopped popping at the cookout, but yet still got it. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, I watched it probably like twice, and I probably never want to see it again. We yeah, have a reputation to uphold. We cannot have that stuff floating around the internet. When we go rich and famous, people are gonna find that. Oh God. Oh yeah. I, I can still hold my own. <laughs> if anything, it'll help us out. I was really sick on New Year's, which sucked, but I still enjoyed myself. Good for you. Thank you, <laughs> Vic. What you got for us? Oh man. Well, first of all, I'm glad to be back on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you dress up for the occasion. I like it. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Do what I can. Uh, well, I kicked off the new year off right by celebrating my 32nd birthday. Yeah. yeah. When's your birthday? January 1st. No shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, that's right. I, you guys wish my birthday. I actually did yeah. join Vic to that dude. Yeah, it was, uh, it was me, Carl, and a uh, dude. Oh, that's why that was there. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. sick as hell, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was, uh, he just didn't want to go. That too. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Dude, if you wanted to get sick on your birthday, I'm your man. Mm-hmm. I may have made Eric sick. Mm-hmm. No, you were sick as I was too. Yeah. I don't know where it all came from. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was sick. Well, I'm glad everyone was sick. I'm glad you're able to kick it off right. January 1st, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, it's just uh, me, Carl, and a dear friend of mine. Uh, we just celebrated uh, my birthday at uh, mm-hmm. Lola's Cantina in Providence. Mm-hmm. Some good Mexican food and some good conversation. Good times all around. And Did you bring uh, a microphone for a special episode of the podcast. I that not. would I would have recommended it that day. That was my yeah, I did not. But uh, <laughs> but um, I also I also spent uh, the last couple weeks uh, catching up on some horror films because you know even though I'm a big film guy, um, I've I've always given horror the horror genre the short shrift. Mm-hmm. I, there are there are a few horror films that I do like, but as a whole, there are a bunch of horror films that I never th- never really gave their due, and I've always wanted to. So I finally got around to watching several that I had never seen before up until a couple weeks ago. So I finally sat down and watched uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. You never seen that? Never saw it, ever. And I and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I saw the original Poltergeist. 
Have you never seen that? Never saw that either. Holy moly, okay. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and I really enjoyed that as well. Had that nice Spielberg touch because he produced it. Mm -hmm. I also saw the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was incredibly fucked up, and I loved it. I loved that film. You um, have issues. <laughs> I think he's going uh, to be a character in Street Fighter, I saw. The oh, guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, Le Le Leatherface? Yeah. He's going to be a character in Mortal Kombat. That's what I meant. Oh, when I say Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also saw this really cool horror film called Suspiria. It's just like an Italian horror film by Dario Argento, which is really good. It's kind of like a, kind of it's about this girl who who goes to this uh, like this ballet institution, this ballet school, and it's really and it's haunted, and she's like driven by it to her wit's end. It's a really cool film. I can see how Black Swan got their inspiration uh -huh. from it somewhat. Um, I also caught finally the Evil Dead trilogy. Ash Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have not. Well, I have not seen Army of Darkness. I've seen it. Evil Dead One and Two, but I've not seen Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness is it's, it's a fun film. Mm -hmm. It's it's not scary, but it's, it has, it's it's a horror comedy. Yeah, they like it. it yeah, it like evolves. From yeah, what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those three films directed by Sam Raimi. Evil Dead Two is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That one I actually watched twice. Do you plan on watching the television show? Oh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, I just uh, got, I've heard good things. Yeah, I've heard good things. I don't have stars, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll see it if, whenever it comes out, like on Blu-ray or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, last two, I watched uh, The Descent, uh, which is a really cool uh, horror That movie's film. terrifying. It is. That movie, that movie gives you claustrophobia. It does. It was, a really, it was a really well done film. It came out in 2005 about these six women who go splunking in this cave mm -hmm. populated by these uh, terrifying flesh-eating cave dwellers. Yeah. I, that was a great movie. That was one of a uh, friend of the show, Angelo's favorite movies. Well, oh. I think favorite in a way that it terrified her. Oh, nice. <laughs> but like the good kind. Awesome. And uh, the last horror film I saw was uh, The Conjuring, which uh, which I heard which I heard good things about, and I actually slept on that movie, but I actually took the time to watch it. It was really good. Mm -hmm. It was very good. It was directed by James Wan. So what what compelled you to watch all these horror movies? Well, I've always well, it was it was the holiday season, and I figure. <laughs> And uh, what I better time to watch horror movies. <laughs> and I figure, well, since Kramp, since Krampus yes. came, came out, it was pretty good. For, like I like that. Would have been better R than PG thirteen. Yeah, I, I figure. Well, you know, I you know, I never gave horror films their due, mm -hmm. so I'll sit down and catch up on all the horror films I missed. Hayden Christensen is on an episode of Goosebumps that I really think you'd enjoy. I'll send you. <laughs> <laughs> He's really bad. I'm sure he As was. As a child. God, you oh, leave okay. the man alone. <laughs> Twelve. Yeah. yeah, go okay. Hayden Christensen. Cool. And uh, last but not least, I actually watched uh, The Revenant, which opened wide uh, last Friday in theaters mm -hmm. nationwide, uh, because screw the rest of the country, we're not LA and New York. <laughs> um, but The Revenant, I absolutely loved. It was directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Inyari, too, who directed my favorite film of 2014, Birdman, with Michael right. Keaton. And this film stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and he plays uh, this fur trapper named Hugo Glass, who... Um, who actually was a real-life fur trapper in the uh, in the 19th century, and uh, he's uh, mauled. He's mauled by a grizzly bear, and that scene was fucking intense. It was harrowing. I don't. I want to know how they pulled that off. Sure, he wasn't raped by that bear, Vic. Uh, call it what you want. Um, <laughs> he was loved aggressively by the bear, and <laughs> it was very aggressive. Because like, yeah, people yes. keep talking about that, and it's like, yeah. what the? Yeah, you should see it. I was like, oh, I'll God. definitely be seeing it. And it's a, it's a, it's a long take. It goes on and mm -hmm. on. And How much punishment? It was really well shot. It was. Yeah, and um, and he's betrayed by uh, by uh, two members of his crew, particularly by this guy played by Tom by Tom Hardy, uh, this guy named Fitzgerald, who really has it in for DiCaprio and his son, his, who's a who's a Native American, 
and um, he leaves him for dead. And uh, and then DiCaprio goes off on a one-man uh, survivalist revenge spree to go after to go after Fitzgerald, played by Tom Hardy. And the film is just intense. It's it's just one of the. It's actually one of the without hyperbole. It's one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Like the the cinematography, lots of great long takes. It was shot in the um, Argentinian wilderness, which which doubles as. Um, I believe uh, Missouri, I believe, mm -hmm. somewhere, in the, somewhere in the south, and it takes place in the winter, so you actually feel like the harsh, cold, wintry conditions. And DiCaprio, he goes through some shit, man. I won't spoil anything, but like that dude, man, yo, you would, you don't know, you do not want to pick a fight with him in a dark forest. That's how, that's how tough he is. And, and like the cinematography was great by uh, Emmanuel Lubetsky, who's my favorite cinematographer. He's a master of like long takes, and the whole film was shot in natural light. So they didn't use any lighting equipment. They just shot it like whenever it was bright out, or mm -hmm. oh, wow. or they used like torch torches to like get some lighting during the nighttime. Mm -hmm. uh, the score was great as well. Um, the the whole film is an experience. It's it's a film that I will definitely catch when it when it hits Blu-ray. I will add it to my collection because nice. it's def it's a it's one of the best films of 2015. Uh, you should definitely check it out when you can. It's The Revenant. Added to the collection. I'll be watching it. Damn. Yes. Of approval. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'll indeed. absolutely be seeing it. Um, and is Leo going to do it this time? He has a very good shot. He has a very good shot of winning. As if he a... doesn't win, I'm going to be heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. He got a Golden Globe, like, Globe. Right. So he hopefully did. That is, no, that is not always indication of who's going to win the Academy Award, correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, his biggest competition competitor is a Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. You saw that too, right? Yeah. But you, who do you who do you, who do you who would you vote for? Oof, man. The bear and the reverend. <laughs> Best supporting <I> mean, actor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I I would give it to DiCaprio because it was a it was a physical, mm -hmm. uh, really intense performance, and DiCaprio did a lot of subtle so, acting. And do too you with it. do you feel like a movie has to do well at the box office? Like Steve Jobs didn't do that great, but does that should that matter? It it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Matter. I know. But I'm just saying. But like, I, I think, think it should. I, Nobody I, watched it. Why the hell should that guy get an award? Right. You didn't take. You, you didn't make me go to the theater. Right. Well, just because well, ten people saw it. Well, what matters is the quality of the film, and box office is is no barometer for quality. It's a small measure. I feel like Chris Pratt should have won for Guardians of the Galaxy last year, <laughs> best actor. Vin Diesel should have been nominated <laughs> for best actor. I bought. I bought into him all day. All day. Listen, did That's I believe Dominic that Toretto. Dominic Toretto was a real man on a mission? Yes. Went through some hardships? Yes. And that he loved his family? Yes. Fucking right I did. <laughs> but I thought Steve Jobs was going to do better. Yeah. But I don't think he's a big enough name, Fassbender, to like carry a movie on his own, because he's usually like a... Oh, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a name actor. Yeah. I mean, but for, I guess the reason why Steve Jobs didn't do so well was because of the Ashton Kutcher one, and that was still fresh in people's minds. <laughs> oh, Ashton Kutcher. So no one cares about rich assholes, apparently. He, his, the luster has gone out <laughs> over over time. Yeah. Sorry, Ghost Jobs. Yeah, sorry, bro. I still read stuff like that. I always read new things about how he was not great. Right. <laughs> but eh, whatever, I like my iPad, so. Yeah. But segueing uh, into some of our news, uh, I know we got some stuff in the Golden Globes in there. Victor, lead us through. Yeah, some news headlines. Uh, biggest, biggest, and most unfortunate news of uh, this past weekend: David Bowie, the, mm. the man, the legend, uh, passed away. Uh, he died of cancer at the age of sixty-nine. I didn't know he was sick. Yeah, no, he, I don't think anyone did. No, he he kept it private. I think like uh, when Dusty, because Dusty Rhodes, he he had cancer, right? Or, nah, it was like, or just something just happened. I forgot what, what he was, was sick for a while. Yeah, because that happened sometimes. I, I forgot what it was. I don't know how these guys keep it secret. 
Yeah. Um, that is terrible. He was like, when you like, it's funny because I think people overuse the word legend a lot these days, but he was like actually one in yeah. like real life. Um, and um, Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies. Yep. And he was awesome in it. He was the Goblin King. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, he was, uh, he also did some other movies too, like um, uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth. That mm-hmm. was his first one. And he also did The Prestige. Oh, yeah. yeah he played Nikola Tesla. That, oh my God, that's crazy. I didn't even think of that. Yep. Um, and I heard it's his last album. That just released, like, before his birthday, because I think his birthday was... Yeah, it was released two days after his birthday. It was a Black Star. Yeah, and they said, yeah. He, they said he knew he was sick as he was recording it. It's kind of like a farewell album. Yeah. So I, yes. really need to, I really need to hear that. So yeah. I'll definitely be uh, grabbing that. Yep. So David Bowie, the man, the myth, gone but not forgotten. Um, other news, this past Sunday, the 73rd annual Golden Globe Awards uh, took place. Ricky Gervais hosted... Um, he had some really hilarious uh, zingers, especially the one with Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Revenant was the big winner of that night. It won three Golden Globes, one for Best Director from Alejandro Giannotti to uh, Leo DiCaprio won Best Actor Drama, and The Revenant won the top prize for Best Motion Picture Drama. Uh, the Martian, that uproarious uh, musical comedy, <laughs> won Best Motion Picture for Musical and Comedy. What? And uh, best actor Matt Damon musical comedy. Uh, the reason why is because um it, it's it's a, it's a, it's a little odd because um there's drama and then there's a uh, motion then there's uh, musicals and comedies which aren't dramas. It, it's kind of like their genre award uh-huh. the Golden Globes. So for anything that's not a straight drama gets a musical comedy des- designation, <laughs> which is still really weird. They should, okay. They really should rename that uh, award. That's but, weird. Okay. But, yeah. Um, Steve Jobs won two Golden Globes, one for Best Supporting Actress, Kate Winslet, and Best Screenplay, Aaron Sorkin, very well deserved on mm-hmm. both counts. Uh, Brie Larson won uh, Best Actress Drama for Room. She's a new hotness, right? Yeah. Like literally and figuratively? What's mm-hmm. up, Brie? Yeah, yeah, she's a great actress. Also in Short Term 12, that's a good movie too. Yeah. Uh, Inside Out won Best Animated Feature Film, to the surprise of no one and to the delight of everyone. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Sylvester Stallone, 40 years after... The debut of Rocky Balboa wins Best Supporting Actor for Creed. That's great. Oh yeah, that's a yes. that's amazing. Yeah. I, I really hope he wins the uh, Oscar too. That'd be great. Oh yeah, he does. He'll totally deserve it. I know it. that um, Jennifer Lawrence won again. What did she keep winning? She won uh, again. She won for Joy, Best uh, Actress uh, Comedy Musical. Oh okay. Yeah. I just, just get rid of that one. They don't need that one. Like no knock on her, but like come on, you just put them all. Put, put them all in uh, one. On Blu-ray, I'll rent it. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's it, and um. And for, for the complete results, ch- check them out online. Other news, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, that small budget indie art house flick by the uh, art house uh, firm Disney, mm-hmm. uh, hit, hit, hit 1.7, that's $1.7 billion worldwide. That's uh, almost Powerball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, $1.7 billion. Uh, <laughs> the Force Awakens grossed uh, domestically $812,734,828, which makes it... Christ, $1.7 billion. That's silly. Which makes it the highest grossing domestic film of all time, as well as the highest grossing PG-13 rated film of all time. Uh, currently, James Cameron's Avatar is still the uh, worldwide grossing champ at $2.7 billion. I want to get people's thoughts on this, because I think this is interesting. So, like, Avatar is the big, highest grossing movie of all time. Yep. Literally everyone's seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've never, ever been in a conversation where I'm like, hey, remember Avatar? I can't wait for those sequels. <laughs> <laughs> like, that movie was really... It's been a while but, like, since, like... like all the, like we talk since I heard anybody talk yeah, about it. It's, it's one of those weird. things. It's like a cultural thing where like that movie hit a 
at the exact right time. With the 3D too? Yeah, yeah, where it was like the 3D was the new hotness, so that inflated ticket prices to begin with, yeah. and then they did the motion capture stuff, like that was the best movie that had ever done that. So technologically, uh, it kind of hit at the exact right time, and it was an actual good movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be anybody's favorite ever. It's not going to be like a cultural touchstone. It's no T2. Absolutely Judgment not. Day. Not even close. But like a movie like that, like people still love, still talk about. Don't be getting sequels off of it, yada yada yada. But like, like everyone saw Avatar, but they just kind of, yeah, you know, it touched the cultural zeitgeist mm. at the right time, like like Ira said. But we'll we'll talk about it again when two, three, and four hits hit right. uh, theaters. <laughs> and the Eventually, next, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, another news, uh, wrestling news: Sting, the uh, the legend, wrestling legend, will be officially inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Hallelujah! Yep, class of twenty sixteen. <laughs> well deserved. This makes him the second uh, active wrestler to be inducted. The first being Ric Flair, who was inducted in uh, two thousand eight. And retired the next day, but go ahead. Yep, <laughs> still counts. Yep, still still counts. counts. It does. So, it does. It does. Okay. Yep. So. Carl is the only one who cares about this thing news. Listen, I, I listen. Sting was, was my favorite in WWE. Sting was mine in WCW. Did you see the episode of the Monday Night War where they do the both of them? Yes. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Mm. Yes. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's a good one. It was a good one. I like the whole series. Yeah. Cool. Uh, other news: uh, Ryan Coogler, a director of Fruitvale Station and Creed, like we mentioned before, he's set to direct Marvel's The Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, release date of February 16, 2018. Very good choice. Now, as a black man, are uh, you very excited for this? <laughs> are you so excited for this that you get, you know, black superhero? I'm pleased. Yeah. But, you know, you know, with, with Marvel's template, you know, it, 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 it kind of matters who, who's behind the camera, and it doesn't matter at the same time, mm-hmm. because whoever the filmmaker is, they don't have complete free reign. They have a strict template to follow. And ask Edgar Wright when he, he was the original director right. of Ant-Man, so. Colbert, how about you? Do you, do you I'm, by judging, you know, from watching Fruitvale Station and Creed, like I'm really interested in seeing what Ryan Coogler does with Black Panther. But if it was a, if it was a regular, if it was George Lucas. Well, he's a white guy. Would oh, you be like, oh, I mean, I'll still Lucas, see. No. I'll still see. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's it Black Panther. You, it's right. Part of the MCU. That so, you yeah. have to have. Like, does that a thing or? Is it, it's cool that Marvel, you know, do that. It's gonna sell no matter what. Yeah. Right. But, so like Miss Marvel, they're trying to get a female director. Like, that's, like I, get, I get what they're doing. I'm just yeah. curious if you guys care at all. Uh, it doesn't matter. It matters like how competent the director is, regardless of their ethnicity or gender. When they do a Miles control Morales, issue is such a problem. I'm, I mean, I'm Ant issue. Man. Ant Man turned out so terrible. Right. Oh, it certainly did. <laughs> Unwatchable. So Unwatchable. when they do, take that, Edgar Wright. <laughs> so Miles Morales is part, partially Hispanic. Will you expect a Hispanic director when they eventually do his movie? No, I just want a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me a good director. All right. I'm, I'm, auditioning, for that. I'm auditioning for that part. <laughs> and I'm... you won't get it. Good luck. <laughs> you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, good luck guys. to you. I support you, Carl. I'll support you, too. I'll show up. Got and then I'll get cast. <laughs> only only <laughs> in spirit. In no way, shape, or form will I support you financially in your trip to no. L.A. to go audition. <laughs> I'll, show, I'll go with you. Go cast me. Because that's how it works. You right, said. they're going to whitewash it. <laughs> <laughs> that Egyptian movie. Everyone's white. Everyone's white in that new Egyptian gods oh, and men movie. Oh, Exodus, gods and kings. Yeah, everyone's white. Mm-hmm. Everyone's white. It's yeah. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be seeing... We'll be seeing the Black Panther uh, this coming May in Mar- Captain America: Civil War. Right. Um, right. Also, some His other uh, name will be Miles Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A um, uh, couple other uh, news headlines: uh, George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones novel, The Winds of Winter, has been delayed. I'm sorry, George who? 
Uh, George, uh, Fat Fat Martin. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that guy, I know. Uh, uh, in a post on his live journal, uh, uh, Martin originally promised to release the novel and be finished with it by April 2016, in time for the sixth season of Game of Thrones. However, the novel's delay will mark the first time that the HBO series airs a new season without hey. the corresponding novel. Hey, in hold on. Lie to I'm going to let you finish, Vic. Yeah. I got to say, this thing... Now, I read his post. Yeah. That thing pissed me off, man. <laughs> he comes off as such a fat douche. I mean, he always comes off as fat, no matter what he does. Right. He can't help himself. True. He just has he to keep can. eating. He's just eating. True, he's and a, eating. He's American. Right. He's a big fat sack of crap. And listen, I'm chunky too, okay? <laughs> I'm no small man. But I'm saying, I can at least control myself long enough to not become a goddamn sperm whale. Fucking George Fat Fat Martin. My problem is not with his weight. My problem is with Slightly the weird. tone of this release that he made on his live journal, whatever the hell he released it on, mm. where he was like, well... You still use his live journal. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> I know, this is a term what? Blog now, right? I'm saying, he's on there talking about, hey, well, I said I'm going to release this, but guess what? Fuck you, basically. Don't ask me about it, because I'm not going to send When I've set expectations before, that never worked out. You know what is going to be done? When I feel like it. Like, that's basically what he said. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's, that's basically what I read. I read his big fat mouth spitting chicken bits in my face, saying that, <laughs> screaming it to me. God, he sounded like such an entitled D-bag. Like, I understand you write one of the most popular pop culture novels in the planet right now, George Fat Fat Martin. Why do you have to sound like a D-bag about it? Like, okay, we all want your work. We all want it. We do. Just, just how, how about you stop doing stupid shit? How about you stop focusing on doing dumb crap and making more money so you can put supermarkets out of business? You know what he Take it away, Maurice. You know what he backs up his manuscript on? Floppy drives. Floppy drives. Oh my god, I hate him. Floppy drives? Floppy disks. He floppy disk drives. No he wonder he can't finish it. Right. As it's soon as he backs big. it up, he eats the floppy disk. Right. <laughs> floppy. I called it a floppy drive. That's how fucking gold it is. I didn't even say disk. Oh my god. Listen, he promised Dance with Dragons in the year our Lord, 2006. That book came out in 2011. So any date he sets is bad. So he... Oh, he said, he said, oh, this is going to be the first time that the television show is going to be ahead of the books. Uh, it's going to spoil things. So this is going to be the first time my readers are going to be experiencing things from the other end. How you handle that? No, no, that's up to you. Fuck you. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> when he... Because I used to comment on his live journal. Until mm -hmm. I was banned. <laughs> <laughs> he, Did you call him fat fat on his... I said much worse. <laughs> um, awesome. He... When the show was coming out, he said, New rules for my live journal comment section for my book readers. You can't post spoilers anymore. Because people that are coming here going to watch the show are going to be spoiled. That he doesn't care now. Because he's a hypocrite. Uh, he Season 1 came out as soon as book 5 came out. It's been five years. He's had five seasons to finish this book. He's, it's a five-year deadline. <laughs> he has one more book after this. 
But like, you can't be like, okay, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna finish this in five years. That's not that, that's not very, is that unreasonable, Victor? Well, I mean, it, it, to be fair, I mean, it, it takes a lot of time counting those stacks of money by hand. So Why did get... even sign up for the, the show if he knew he had books to write? Why couldn't he wait ten more years? Because he wouldn't be able to enjoy it because he's going to die. Madness. <laughs> just say it. Just right. say it. He, he backs up his manuscripts on floppy disks. Yep. He backs up his money in large sacks. He puts it under his mattress. <laughs> You're right. It's like does he stu- does he type does it on a Commodore sixty four? George Fat Fat Martin is an analog man in a digital world. <laughs> he right. He uses a very 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 old word processing system to write his stuff. Very old. Does his computer have Oregon Trail as well? It, Shit. Most probably. You probably didn't <laughs> even play Oregon Trail. That's how bad the specs are. But has, has, can anyone tell me? Has this happened in the history of history where a Show or movie besides anime, because I know that has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. We can even mention those. Has surpassed its source material, and they just have to go. They have to go based off of the guys just like having meetings. This is the plot points that happen. They go for it. Have fun. Hmm. Can't really think no. of any. Not really. Is that embarrassing? I feel like it's embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed for our George. He should Martin. be, but he he's bear. making stacks of cash. He is a Jets and Giants fan. That's all you need to know. Oh God, <laughs> I, you know I keep forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it could be both. both. He's both, Carl Bird. He's our enemy twice. You, us. How are you a fan of both teams? <laughs> like, yeah, I always do believe in yellow. You only love one team. Both New York teams. That's the problem here. Mm. I, well, who did they root for when they played each other this year, Carl Bird? Who did they root for? He'll flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's how he decides and he who's going to live and die in his book, too. That's why he can't figure it out, because it keeps landing on its side. Mm. That's why he's taking so long. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. And you'll be right there buying the books. I have to I have to avoid spoilers. I don't even know how I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And the first person that spoils it for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking kung pow them in the <laughs> somewhere. It's gonna get weird. It's wow. gonna get weird. We're gonna get really close and really uncomfortable. Well, uh, that, listen, man, you, you just gotta, made that sound you, really weird. Yeah, you I can tried. you can either get back on the bandwagon nope, and watch nope, the show, nope. or quit the internet. Quit Those me. are your options. I will quit the internet. If nope. I've avoided Mass Effect three spoilers this long, I may be okay avoiding Game of Thrones spoilers. Nope, probably nah. not. Nope, nah. it's way better. You're gonna know everything mm. the minute. <laughs> <laughs> the minute that zombie Jon Snow shows up. Let's see how You're gonna long, know about it. Let's see how long we'll see. We'll see. I already have a Facebook status planned out for opening day or premiere of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm already gonna work. I, I could have went up to so many people. This would so be monumental because you don't post shit on Facebook. I know. I know. <laughs> Plus me and Randy are gonna spoil it for you at work. No. <laughs> no, I will walk away. I this I can't even I'm purposely I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Mm. Listeners okay. just purposely spoil it. For no. <laughs> no. I will quit the show. I'm not even kidding. I'll quit the show. I'll quit. I'll work from home for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never see me ever again. Listen, some, I'll, I will fucking courier pigeon that spoiler <laughs> to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. I just, it, it's just, it's, it, it frustrated me six months ago. It frustrated me a year ago. It frustrated me five years ago. It frustrated me seven years ago in 2009. When he said he, he was going to finish Dance with Dragons then on his live journal. Which then eventually got me banned. Oh. <laughs> so, it, it, it's going to upset me tomorrow. It's going to upset me the rest of my life. I can't let it bring me down. I've, whatever, it's almost been a decade now. So. Yeah. 
So, uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, watch watch the show or wait for the book. <laughs> Game of Thrones fans, make your choice. Uh, final final news headline. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Michael Bay is directing Transformers Five. Oh, yeah! For a summer twenty seventeen release. Woo! I have to see Transformers three and four, which I have, I have to see um, four. But... <laughs> uh, Paramount Paramount, the studio that distributes these pieces of shit. Earned $1.1 billion on Transformers 4 alone, which did not include merchandising, which brought the franchise take to over $3.7 billion globally. Damn. And now, because of that financial success, because of all you fucking mouth breathers out there, Paramount. Wait, will what's, be, the, what's, actually, what's the actual term you use? You popcorn munching, mouth breathing, dick beating, and/or vulva rubbing idiots out there, <laughs> spending your fucking money on this fucking franchise, Paramount, as a result. They're going to begin development on a cross-medium, shared, cinematic Transformers universe. So, because I did so well, doesn't that mean Marky Mark should have won the Best Actor at the Academy? <laughs> <laughs> Is he back for the sequel? Is he back for five? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> I love that Victor creates the docket and puts this on there just to upset himself. <laughs> That's big news. He has to. Yeah. That's true. You can't avoid it. That's true. I, yeah. I mean, we I will say, though, it upset Victor. That's fantastic. Highly entertains us. I will not yeah. see. We love you, Victor. <laughs> the only thing that would be better would be Optimus Prime. Zero former, zero furious. Don't, 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 don't say and it. Don't say it. In truck formation. Don't say it. Dominic Toretto driving Optimus Prime? Please don't say this. Oh my god. And then he transforms and Dominic Toretto shoots no. out of his chest cavity. It no. goes from With one like build skyscraper. Rocket launcher. Oh my god, I want that so much. Yeah, skyscraper can transform. <laughs> Why would a building transform? Because why would a car transform? Because it's cool. <laughs> well, I can understand cars because they're mobile or vehicles. They move. It's a fucking skyscraper. Why would a skyscraper transform? What incentive does a skyscraper have to transform? Because it's to cool. protect itself <laughs> from being blown up. Right. Oh my god. Skyscrapertron is going to be the uh, new hotness. I'm sorry, it does not fill into your cosmopolitan chick flick like taste. Right. <laughs> Please tell him, Carl. Listen, judging by all your, all your top films over the years that I've read, uh-huh. I have came to the conclusion that you, Get my em. friend, mm-hmm. like chick flicks. Let them know. Chick flicks? What Let do you mean, like, name know. one? Let's see. Talk if, while I go through. If, 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 it's, if it's done well, I'll watch it no matter what the genre is. Did you, see that, did you see that Deadpool thing? Uh, yes! Oh, the trailer? Yeah. No, yes! Uh, the, uh, he, it posted like a... It was like a... A poster of for Deadpool, but it looked like a romantic comedy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I totally did <laughs> I see, see that. that. That's fantastic. It's real too. It's like okay. not like a. I will make sure yeah, I post that on Instagram for everybody there. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, look. Man. I love romantic comedies. I yeah. love a good love story. Yeah, especially a tragic one. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but man, do we do the, do we really need another? You put Dreamgirls over Borat? Yeah, Borat was fucking hilarious. It was hilarious, but Dreamgirls was a better film. But anyway, I you, could, you really can't compare the two. Watching Borat. But yeah. like, yes, you, you really cannot. can't compare the two, but anyway. Speaking of tragic love stories, uh-huh. now that we are finally over Zero Former, Zero Furious. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Man, I would totally watch the fuck out of a Transformer Fast and Furious crossover. Oh my oh, god, I'd watch the hell out of that. Can we have a Transformers, Ninja Turtles, <laughs> nice. Fast and Furious crossover? 
well, with cameos right? by Will Smith and Martin Lawrence from Bad Boys. Oh my like, god! <laughs> Make that movie right now. Wait, hold on. Would they be? Are they all Universal? Are they? Was Paramount Universal? Are they the same? No, they're different. Oh, okay. So they can't do it. Sorry. Hasbro. Well, I mean, they them. they stand to make at least a billion each from this endeavor. So they <laughs> clearly do it. I have I, I have not seen the original. I have not seen the new Teenage Mutant Turtles. I have not seen Transformers three or four. I'll not be seeing five. Don't worry, Vic. I'm with you on that. Good. I mean, I don't know. Someone with some sense. Maybe sure, if it falls in my good. lap. I saw the first one. I had to see the first one. It was awesome. <laughs> Oh, the first, first. Oh, so good. Oh, the first one was Badussi, and the second one was fucking Wang. <laughs> There's a term I haven't heard in a while. Oh, man. All right, there. Way to go, Bernie Mac. I don't know what that means, so I'm going to ignore it. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm take away the dip. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take us back. Uh, I know. You've told the story before. What story? The Transformer story. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, did you guys like hate Transformers? He hated Transformers. Oh, he did. Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah didn't it like put your friendship on the line? <laughs> <laughs> I just, we've got, we're, we're talking about news before we move oh, on to our top, you know, sure. whatever things of the year topic. So yeah. uh, first off, I just want to take us back a couple of weeks. It was so traumatic. I must have blocked it out in my memory. Mm-hmm. So remember how Square Enix announced the Final Fantasy VII remake? They dropped a sweet trailer and we all got excited for it. Yep, yeah. sure Until the moment it was announced that Tsuya Nakamura would be the director of it. Yeah. Then we were all like, ah, oh, fuck, he's going to ruin this. Oh. He's going to fucking ruin this somehow. Don't you do it. Don't you do it, Tatsuya. Don't you fucking do it. Uh-huh. So it's been announced recently uh, that the Final Fantasy VII remake, well, first off, the gameplay trailer dropped. Did you watch that, Victor? Uh, I did not. Okay, there's a gameplay trailer. You need to see it. Yeah. Uh, to me, it looked disappointing. I know you watched it. Yep. Yep. What did you think of it? I was disappointed by the combat. Yes. Same here. Yeah. I wanted me some active, real-time battle system. Why the fuck did you have to turn it into some action-based bullcrap thing to Tuya Nomura? But whatever. That, you know what? I would be willing to give that a pass. The graphics didn't even look all that dope from what the original trailer um, showed. The thing that really threw me for a loop was that shortly thereafter they announced that the Final Fantasy VII Remake would be releasing sooner than most people expected. Oh, they're rushing it. And that is because they are going to release it as a multi-part project. What? Yeah. Yes. You will not get Final Fantasy VII in one game because Tetsuya Nomura wants to ruin your fucking childhood. Wow, that's fucking shameful. What kind of money-grabbing bullshit is that? You put Brokeback Mountain over 40-year-old virgin? Yeah. Let it go, Carl! It's one man's list! (laughs) Tetsuya Nomura is is running a one-man assault! Sorry, what's he doing? Releasing it disc by disc or something? I don't know exactly what they're doing, like, but they're, they're they're like it's like episodic content type bullshit. Wow. It's a fucking RPG, man. No. That's like taking a single film and then releasing God, it by like him. by like chapter points on a. On it's like a Lord movie. of the Rings. It's like it was so easy. It was so easy. <laughs> All he had to do was slap a fresh coat of paint on the old game. And print money. That's all he literally had to do. Print money. Like, literally. Just fucking go to the bank and print it. Mm. But he had to go and fuck with it because he's tattooing no more. Now, I warned y'all. I warned everyone about this shit. You did. On, like, our first episode. Mm -hmm. I warned everyone. Now, the worst has come to pass. 
Yeah. We have reaped what we sowed. Yeah. To Numora. We did talk about that in the first episode. It fucking ruined everything. <laughs> That's how we're going to chart All of our hopes show. and dreams. That's how we're going to chart the show. How so, the Final Fantasy VII remake is going. So Tetsuya Nomura gets the shame bell and the <laughs> yeah. wank alert. He tells wank, alert, wank, wank alert, wank alert, wank alert, wank alert, wank alert. Right, there's God, I fucking hate him so much. I'm sorry. So, so is it so... You better now? You no! Said, no! <laughs> I, I mean, you vented about it. I mean, you figured you would need some water or something. Tetsuya Fat Fat Nomura. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So who would you hate worse? Oh, God. I hate George Martin worse. So it's a two Nomura. I didn't even know he was a person until Eris brought him into my life. Like now I know what he does and I hate him. Well, <laughs> well, I guess I'll just go on the PlayStation Network store and just buy the original and play it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I think it's the same. We've had that forever. We wanted a fresh new coat of paint. That's all we want. We literally just wanted new graphics. Yeah. Oh, maybe put some voices in that bitch. That's all you need to do. Make Cloud speak. New graphics. Money. And characters that don't look like blocks. <laughs> Yeah, that's new graphics, Victor. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is what that entails. <laughs> and no pre-rendered backgrounds. Oh but, yeah. my god, I hate Tetsuya Nomura. Alright, anyway, continue. Yeah. I think it's the end of the news. That was a good way to end it. Mm-hmm. Two outbursts. I like it. Mm-hmm. Tetsuya Fat Fat Nomura, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I hope all the worst for you in your whole life. <laughs> so, uh, Vic, what a... Uh, I hope five? those you love abandon you. <laughs> What top five do you want to go over first, Nick? Uh, man. Well, uh, we've got a few top five lists on here. Top five, our favorite top fives of 2015. Mm-hmm. Got a couple lists here. We got films, and uh, I know for three of us here at the table, we got wrestling matches. Ooh. So let's go over the wrestling matches first. I think Ooh. we can uh, have some, have some. Paris is back on the uh, <laughs> newest. Tw- Patriots news. There you go. See? You got something to do, Aris. So yeah, uh, top five matches of 2015. 2015 has been a... I'll say I'll say one. I yeah. like that that uh, match with the fat boy from NXT. There you go. Oh, Kevin Owens. There you go. There, I like that match. there you go. See? Done. My top match of the year. <laughs> there you go. So... Um, Which one? Uh, the first one. Elimination Chamber. Oh, okay. Yeah. The one with the Kevin Owens one. Oh, against Cena? Yeah. Yeah, yep. or he beat Cena. Yep, fair and square. Fuck John Cena. Yeah. John Cena. So I thought you loved all hometown. <laughs> nah. Um, how do you, you want to do one, two? You want to list your five, and then we'll talk about it, or how do you want to do it? Uh, I think we can. Uh, we can. Like, we start off with our with our number fives. Okay. One okay. Time, then, then move up the list to our number I, ones. I can um, oh, Go ahead. Yeah. I'll also, I'll kick, I'll kick off the list. Uh, my number five match of the 2015 was a Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable from August from May 20th for the NXT Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a that was a great match. Um, those two had a really good back and forth, a really good some, some really good psychology. Uh, Sasha Banks was working Becky Lynch's uh, arm for most of the match, which is cool because Becky Lynch's uh, submission is like this really nasty looking armbar which looks legit painful. Like she sits on your shoulder and just wrenches back on yep. your arm. Disarmor. You have to disarmor. Oof, disarmor, literally. <laughs> and it was a, it was a really good match. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, the the crowd the crowd really got into it. Um, especially loved the uh, finish where Becky where uh, Sasha Banks just pulled uh, uh, Lynch from off the top turnbuckle and got her like like it was like a really really mean looking arm drag and got her right into into the bank statement crossface. Yep. yep. And Becky Lynch tapped out and she lost. But even though she lost the match and Sasha Banks uh, retained her women's championship. Uh, 
Becky Lynch actually received a standing ovation and earned mad respect from the NXT crowd, mm-hmm. which was really co- which was really cool uh, because she actually came into that match as a heel, or I was like a tweener kind of. Yep. And then when she when and then when she finished the match, you know, she emerged as a babyface, and that was a really good match. I, I really wish that Becky Lynch at least had one run with the women's championship, but it, it was it was a solid contest. I really liked it. Sure, she would get one for the uh, for the mainstream women's championship. Oh yeah. Um, Yep. So What's your number five, Goldberg? My number five, mainly just for nostalgia remit, um, reasons, um, Sting versus Triple H in WrestleMania 31. Mm. Yes, old guys coming in, but it's like okay, as a you know as a kid growing up, um, young teenager, mm-hmm. NWO versus DX. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Seeing Sting finally in WWE, you know, at WrestleMania. Like it was something that finally, you know, finally happened. So, and it was just good, just the way that they all, you know, how they brought up, how Triple H brings out DX, and then how Sting brings up the brings out the NWO. Uh, Scott Hall taking that horrible bump. I felt so bad for him, and I enjoyed every minute of it. I was like comedy in its purest form. Uh, does he have a pacemaker? I thought he was gonna explode. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. no. Scott Hall is just all types of fucked up, but um. Yeah. I thought the, yeah, I thought he was gonna explode into a million. Yeah, it does right. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my best friend Ramis, who was who was always like a huge Scott Hall fan. I made it a point to make him watch that match, and he he was so he like the disappointment on his face was like priceless. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my number five. Well, one quick, I want to give an honorable mention for Tyler Breeze and Jushin Thunder Liger. I always just respected Jushin Thunder Liger mm-hmm. whenever he came in from Japan. So, yeah. Cool. Um. Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. That was 2015, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, that was my number five. Mm. Because that was the culmination of Sami Zayn's entire run of losing and not quite making getting the championship. And then even finally... And that was a really good story that they told because he lost all of his chances, his Cesaro matches, but gained his respect. And then he almost used a chair against Adrian Neville. And the crowd was even going, No, no, don't do it! And then he won it fair and square. And that was just like... That's what WWE doesn't do anymore. But they do it in NXT. They have they tell stories, mm-hmm. culmination of right. stories. Yeah. It was like the perfect culmination. Yeah. Also, a small question. That was from December 2014. Oh crap! Uh, <laughs> but it was a good match. Bitch. It was a good match nonetheless, though. Thank yeah. you. How'd you remember that off the top of your head? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm still putting it on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Because we didn't do this show in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, cool. So our number fours. Uh, my number four match of the year was from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, it was between uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, versus Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 9 mm-hmm. from January 2015. That's their uh, New Japan's equivalent version of WrestleMania, basically. Yep. And it was a it was a really solid match. Um, it's, it's been said that uh, Okada has the best dropkick in the business, and if you watch a YouTube video, he really does. Like he executes this really crisp-looking dropkick that puts Randy Orton to shame. <laughs> I think Randy Orton probably takes pointers from Okada, but. Um, Tanahashi, uh, he was a defending champion. It was a really good match. Uh, there was one point in the contest where uh, Tanahashi, did, Tanahashi did his uh, signature move. It's called, it's called the High Fly Flow, which is, which is the frog splash. And he did it off the top turnbuckle, and he soared over the, over the uh, outside, outside uh, area, outside the ring, over the safety barricade and into, into the space between the ring and the crowd. And he, like, he got like mad up, so he, like, he jumped way far and caught... Uh, Okada flush and that was like I don't know how the hell he how the hell he pulled that off <laughs> but um if you want to see like really excellent wrestling at its finest um, definitely check that match out you can find it somewhere online on the, on the interwebs 
but uh, Tanahashi retained his championship. And at the end, Okada, he, he has so much passion, so much uh, drive that he actually left the match crying. He was actually weeping that, that he came so close and yet he didn't win. And Tanahashi kind of rubbed it in. He, he spoke in Japanese, like he kind of rubbed it in in his promise. That, uh, in translation, he's like, hey, you, you came this close, but you, did, but you couldn't get the job done. I'm still the man. And, and what was cool is that uh, Jim Ross and uh, Matt Stryker, they were both co provided the English commentary uh, for that whole event. So, th so they actually made the match a little, little bit better too. Nice. So yeah, definitely check that out. Um, my number four, despite the ending, um, which was a, it was a great match. It was a very good match overall, but despite the, the horrible ending that they really didn't need, Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker SummerSlam this year. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, you can tell, like, Undertaker was just, like, really on a mission to, like, um... Right the wrongs uh, of WrestleMania 30 where he got yes, unconscious? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, the whole, like, the whole segment where, like, he was just, um... Like, when they were both sitting up, Brock Lesnar's laughing, and then the infamous meme with Undertaker laughing oh, yeah. back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, and then one of the lines, you know, one of the lines that stood out to me was... When Brock Lesnar was just getting frustrated that he couldn't just keep him down, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you," and an Undertaker, you—that's what you're gonna have to do. And I was like, "That's why. This is why I love this fucking man." Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, my number four is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Finn Balor uh, versus uh, Kevin Owens mm -hmm. at NXT, the Tokyo show, the house oh. show that they turned into like a network special. Oh, Beast from oh, the Beast East. Oh, Beast from the East. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they, I like what they did with the the streamers. They made it like. Very Tokyo-ish, you know, yeah. Finn Balor wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling, so I like the spectacle of wrestling. I really yeah. like that. So that, honestly, that alone, and I, and I watched that July 4th, I woke up 9 o'clock in the morning, and it had aired overnight, and I just watched it on the couch, 9 a.m. wrestling, yeah. <laughs> didn't read the spoilers, it was just like, I was awesome, like, this is great, this yeah. is awesome, even like Chinese food leftovers at 9 a.m., it was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good match. That's a very good way to describe it. It was perfect. It was the best July 4th morning ever. Nice. Yeah. Uh, number three match of the year was from Lucha Underground. Uh, season two is coming up, uh, I think, on the 26th, I believe, this month, or 27th. Um, Lucha Underground, the Grave Consequences casket match between uh, Mil Mortes versus Phoenix. Hands down, the single best and most intense casket match I've ever seen. Uh, both wrestlers were just beating the dog shit out of each other, busted each other open. Um, they were using the casket as a weapon, power bombing and slamming each other onto it. It was like dense in the casket. Mm. They're fighting all over the uh, temple, which is the arena that they call it. Fought in the crowd, did a bunch of high-risk moves. At the end, um, Phoenix triumphed by, uh, by knocking uh, Mil Mortis into the casket and slamming it shut, all dense and all. And uh, it, was, it was a really intense match. Definitely the best casket match I've ever seen. Um, and that's definitely one of the best matches from Lucha Underground. And if you go on YouTube or go online, definitely check out some of their matches. That's definitely one of their highlights of last year. Great stuff. My number three, uh, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins, WrestleMania 31. Just that mm. high spot alone <laughs> where yep. Seth Rollins was going for the, cur for the curb stomp. Orton lifts him up to high points and then catches him with the RKO, which mm. has been like an internet sensation lately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> um, it was but yeah, just that alone, I'm like, yep, that's it. Top One of my top matches. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a good one. Um, that was, I think I jumped out of my chair at that point. That was a really sick RKO. Yeah, illest RKO ever. Yeah. Uh, my number three was uh, Kevin Owens, John Cena, like Eris mentioned, uh, from Elimination, Elimination Chamber. Yep. Just because it was like a new guy coming in who actually won. 
spoiler alert, like Clean, who's insane. And I just really, I've, I don't really watch too many independent guys, but like Kevin Owens is one that I watched and followed. Along with my old man Congo. Yep. <laughs> uh, Shout so, out to him, bro. Yeah. He just had a birthday too recently. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Had a birthday well, man Congo. But yeah, that was a really exciting match. It was, and then they, they played off each other really well. And they had like the same exact match two more times, but they were both, they were both good too. Yeah. But the first one was good in my tops. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number two match of the year for me was another one from uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9 from Japan. Uh, it was for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Uh, defending champion Shinsuke Nakamura, my one of my all-time favorite wrestlers of the modern age, versus Kota Ibushi uh, from, Jan from the January 4, 2015 show. That was a great match. Like, pure wrestling storytelling at its finest. I mean, if you look at uh, Nakamura, just his image alone, he has this, like, weird charisma about him. And Jim Ross said this during this match, said that uh, Nakamura would be a main event player. He'd be a, he, he, he would be a main eventer at any organization he hangs his hat. He's that good. Mm -hmm. and, um, he, and his signature moves, like, this really nasty-looking knee, the running knee called the Bomaye, which he just he just like straight strikes you in the face or in the back of the head. It's like really sick looking, and uh, and I heard that Nakamura is actually gonna. It's rumored that he might be one of the uh, uh, might be heading to WWE or NXT, and he should. Um, although with Nakamura, he's very unique in that I don't know how WWE is gonna handle him. But anyway, but the match itself, him and Obushi, that was a really great match. Um, there was like one there was one particular moment in the contest that made me jump out of my seat where. Ibushi, he actually jumped on the top, on the, on the top rope, and uh, Nakamura was uh, was standing on the ring apron, and uh, and I don't know how he did it, but Ibushi deadlifted Nakamura from the ring apron from the top rope and did a belly to back suplex from the ring apron into the ring. I don't know how he pulled. That was that was like some Cesaro level freak of freak of nature strength right there. But at the end, uh, Nakamura won uh, won the match and retained his belt, and that, that was a great match. It's actually widely regarded as one of the best matches of 2015 from many wrestling publications. So nice. yeah, Nakamura versus Ibushi. Check that out as soon as you can. Goldberg? Uh, number two, Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Uh, the 30-minute Iron Man match from NXT TakeOver Respect. Mm. Hands down, I mean, the... These two chicks were in the ring, and I mean, they're they're putting up mat, they're putting in matches that the guys should be putting on. Yes, I mean, very true. Like all the high spots, and then all the high spots, breaking into the crowd, but definitely telling the story, playing the heel versus baby face, everything that I like enjoyed watching back in the day, and then when the match culminated, you know, pretty much just wasn't a dry eye in the building. Mm. You know, when they were presenting the flowers and all that, it just really just shows that like, it just, this is where like wrestling is. Yep. It shows what it really is. It was mm. awesome. That was a really great match. Um, I don't watch a lot of shows live, but I watched that one in anticipation for that. Mm. Um, my number two is Brock Lesnar versus John Cena versus Seth Rollins. God, I hate you. Oh, nice. At the Royal Rumble 20. Uh, 15, because uh, it showed that Seth Rollins could hang with the big boys, and I yeah. love Seth Rollins. And Brock Lesnar is great in doses, and he you could perfectly sprinkle him in a triple threat match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great, that was a great triple threat match. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, my number one match uh, of 2015 uh, was your number two, uh, Carl. It was a uh, Bailey versus Sasha Banks, the 30-minute Iron Man match for the NXT Women's Championship from NXT Takeover Respect. October seventh, uh, I actually I actually had the chance to watch this match and the and its predecessor the the Brooklyn one back to back and I and I still like the Iron Man match slightly more which is saying something because the first match was already great um, to me I, I equate the Iron Man match between Bailey and Sasha Banks as Empire Strikes Back and the <laughs> and the Brooklyn one as Star Wars 
and because like this, the first one was already great, but the second one was even better. Um, I, I love the storytelling in the match. I like the subtle touches. Like for example, Bailey was wearing the Iron Man colors for her for mm -hmm. her ring gear, the the red and gold. Um, she sure was. Damn. Yeah, it was, it was a nice subtle touch. Um, I also loved uh, the 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 intense back and forth or ring action. Um, it, 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 Very it, intense. Yeah, it could have gone either way. I also loved uh, Sasha Banks healing it up. There was one point in the match where they, they were wrestling outside, and then Sasha Banks got in got in that little girl's face, Izzy, who was yeah, Bailey's number one fan. And then after after they fight up alongside up the uh, ring aisle, and uh, Sasha Banks slams slams Bailey into the monitor. She goes back to the ring and she snatches that little girl Izzy's headband and starts parading and starts mocking her. And then the big girl, she starts crying. She's like, start, tears are shooting down her face. Did you cry too? I was laughing. I was okay. laughing my ass off. Yeah, I was like, I making kids cry, bro. That's that's yep. that's what being a heel is all about. Yep. And um, at the at the end of the match, I also loved the fact that um, there was some good psychology with uh, uh, Sasha Banks, her hand getting busted up. Yep. And uh, at the end, where Bailey makes her tap out, and says, it's like she just pulls back on her in Sasha Banks' injured hand, hand yeah, yeah. and starts stomping into the back of her head. Yep. And so she had to verbally say, "I quit." She couldn't physically tap out. So Bailey winning that match. What I loved about that match too was that. Uh, as great as the Brooklyn as the Brooklyn show was, uh, that match the Brooklyn show was all about Sasha Banks making it to the making it to you know the big time finally after two years of hard work and frustrations winning the title. But the Iron Man match was about okay, are you worthy of keeping this belt? And mm. she's definitely proved that she is worthy of keeping the championship. So, yeah, man, this is what this is what women's wrestling should be, especially on the main roster, and this is what good wrestling should be. Period. So Bailey, Sasha Banks. Iron Man match. If you haven't seen it, go see it. See it twice like I did. Or three times, actually. <laughs> it's a great match. Love it. Um, my number one was Maurice, your number two. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins versus John Cena. During Royal Rumble 2015 for those same exact reasons that you that you said. Like, I mean, Seth Rollins could really hang. Not to mention he showed up looking like a, like a Super Saiyan. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like the the tilt the tilt whirl off the top ropes was like, which really was the the match. Oh, that, Phoenix Splash. Yeah, that I, really just showed yeah. me like, yo, Seth is Seth is the truth. Yeah, I remember mm, when I got yes, uh, who I was watching with. I was like, watch this, watch this, everyone watch the TV, watch what he's gonna do. It was awesome. Yeah, I was all about it. Mm, I really yeah. wanted him to win and have the money in the bank. That would be sweet. Yeah. Um, my number one was Bailey versus Sasha Banks NXT Brooklyn. Mm. Which was my absolute favorite, which I did cry whilst watching. Mm. I nice. not like bawling. Yeah, no, I wasn't sure. bawling, but I was like, hey, I go, I got missed the eye. Missed the eye, yeah, because yeah. Bailey was so awesome. And I, as you, I have a theme here where I really like the culmination of stories, and that was the perfect. I was, it's kind of the same story as Sami Zayn a little bit, but they just, yeah. you just give a little tweaks, mm. and it's totally different and new. It was yeah. awesome. She couldn't win, and she wasn't good enough. And my niece loves her, and I've watched wrestling matches with her, which is pretty sweet. I, I haven't shown her this one yet. I can't wait. Mm. But um, it was just the per and it was just a perfect match. Oh, yeah. It was just the beginning, middle, and like the way she. Uh, it was in Brooklyn, so they had the big crowd, yep. which they uh, don't always have. Um, Sasha Banks was bossing it up in the car. It was, it was perfect. It was really good. It was definitely my favorite of the year. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I mean, I really like the um, Iron Man match as well. Like, mm. don't get me wrong. Uh, but just the, the culmination of the story. And yeah, she had to keep it, but just winning it is really emotional. Mm. I got misty-eyed. Sorry, yeah. Goldberg. Yeah, and that was the You guys really need to push us. You got misty-eyed when they announced Sting for the Hall of Fame, bro. Yeah, yeah but see, here's the thing. There's a difference with that. That's my childhood, okay? 
<laughs> okay, yeah. Whatever you say, brah. Yeah. Aris, what top five do you want to go over next? See welcome back, welcome from- back, Aris. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> uh, I guess, guess uh, it's time for me to wake up here. <laughs> All right. So, how's about... Uh, eh, that's boring. We can go over top five movies, but let's do that after. You know, I don't have... I didn't adhere specifically to a top five. That's fine. I just adhere to a... Here's a list of top things no I No particular order. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yep. Right. So, my top Victor Freakouts. Yeah! Oh, my <laughs> okay. God. What? Number three. Zero Fast, Zero Furious. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Episode numbers by any chance? Oh, <laughs> nope. This uh, is off the top of the dome. <laughs> really? Number oh, two. We're doing this shit. Randy's one and only introductory Wonder Woman sucks email. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, Randy, fuck eraser head. <laughs> no, uh, before before you continue, Aris, before, before you continue, Aris. Sure. Um, I want to say this, Randy, I know Aris told me that one of your favorite movies is Eraserhead. Now, I'm a David Lynch fan, but I gotta tell you something. Eraserhead sucks. Eraserhead fucking sucks. I, it's a 90 minute movie, but I watched, I couldn't get, I got through 45 minutes of it, and that 45 minutes felt like three and a half hours. That movie fucking sucks. It's fucking wank. I hate it. I hate you for liking it. <laughs> Avenue number two. So wait, wait, wait. Would you, would you, would you, what would you say was better? Eraserhead or Space Jam? Space Jam. Three times. Yeah! Space Jam! I would rather see a Space Jam cinematic universe if it means I never have to see or hear from Eraserhead again. That's a really good That's that. a good idea. I like that. I watched the shit out of that. But, yeah, continue. Uh, so, number two. Randy Wonder Woman sucks email. Andy Eraserhead. <laughs> and, drum roll, please. The number one Victor Freakout of 2015, F. Mary Kill, when I oh. marry Hitler, <laughs> kill Roger Goodell. Number one. Congratulations, F. Mary Kill. Um, wasn't that first? You win. That's a prestigious honor. That's a quality list. That's a that is a high quality. That that, that, that Mary Kill holds up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm still flabbergasted that you would marry Adolf Hitler, (laughs) the most evil man in human history, and you would kill the commissioner of the NFL. Listen, Vic. Hitler's no longer the most evil man in human history. Roger Goodell is. At least. At least Hitler, Hitler might have a chance to change, Vic. He's dead. Roger Goodell? Never. What, what, what the fuck? Is, oh, Hitler probably changed before he took that pit poison pill and died. He shot. I can't believe what I'm he hearing. Never know that. Uh, listeners, please do not send us hate mail at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Send it all. Or send it. <laughs> send it all. We'll read, read it on it. air. Yeah. We will read it. <laughs> oh, God. He, he killed six million, 6 million Jews and a fucking NFL commissioner. And 5 million non I wish he killed 6 million Jews and an NFL commissioner. Wh- what? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
We lost Victor. <laughs> we lost Victor. He started off. Uh, this may this may be the number one next number one freaker. <laughs> he may be. Let's do movies while he's away. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, the NFL commissioner was not part of that list. Yeah. The other six million. I wish that didn't happen. That's I'm very unfortunate. You. I agree. Oh, man. Um, okay. <laughs> I only, okay, I want to do top five video games. I only played one video game from start to finish this year. I played two. It was Arkham Knight. I recommend it. Nice. What'd you play? Mortal Kombat and Madden. Which, which one would you recommend? Both. Oh. Eris, <laughs> <laughs> you just completed a game. I don't, I don't, it, it didn't release in 2015. No, but, but absolutely. I think tie. there is a tie mm-hmm. between Bloodborne and Zelda a Link Between Worlds for mm-hmm. my favorite game of 2015. Uh, I did play Mortal Kombat, um, the new one, uh, through to completion, and that was a quality game as well. Uh, so that would be my number three, I guess, but definitely Blood- Bloodborne and Zelda get my highest seal of approval. Quality, quality video game entertainment. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I tried to look at Vic's notes to see if he had his games here, but Man, he, those are that is tiny font. He doesn't have any games. My goodness, that is tiny font. And I think he'll be mad at me if he sees me reading this. Um oh he's put oh we got some stuff here. Top five miscellaneous. I got you. I got you, bro. I got you. Uh so we'll check with him once he comes out. Um he may he may not leave my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I can run through my top five albums. And yeah, do that. Do that. Um, Victor let me see. Let me... <laughs> we just went right, over just... top video games, Vic. Oh, gotcha. All right. We all <laughs> haven't played five, so we kind of just... Excuse me. Yeah. So real quick, run through my top five albums. Uh, Lupe Fiasco's Tetsuo and Youth. Um, number four, Jadakiss' Top Five Dead or Alive. Uh, um, number three is a tie between the Creed soundtrack and the Empire soundtrack. Number two, uh, Kendrick Lamar's to Pimper Butterfly. And number one, Dr. Dre's Compton the Soundtrack. I knew that was going to be a number one. I, I've been a Dr. Dre fan for years, man. That's okay, man. I have no I top five it. albums because I don't think there was an album worth listening to from start to finish. <gasps> oh, you can check the ones out. No, there's definitely singles. No, I've heard, I heard the entire Compton album. I heard the whole thing. I heard the entire Creed soundtrack. I just don't think any of them are worth listening to from start to finish. Kendrick Lamar. That that Jada Kiss Top Five Dead or Alive is pretty dope though. Yeah, definitely. I did like that. That has that has a lot of good tracks on it. I'll let you borrow my Kendrick Lamar. I didn't like that album. No. Nah. Oh, was a good no, album. It wasn't. It wasn't my cup of tea. I really enjoyed his first album. That. Yeah. Was his last him. one. Eh. Yeah. I feel I, like he got yeah. away from what made that first album really great. Mm. Which one was that? Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. 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 That was a really good yeah. album. That was awesome. Awesome. Well. Now that know the best album, oh. Cliff, Lord Willen, holds up 12 years later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 12 years, damn. <laughs> that was a good album, though. That was an excellent album. Yeah. yeah. Grinded. Yeah. I haven't listened to any albums this year through. Did you listen to Taylor Swift? Is that this year? Possibly. I don't know. Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That's my number one. I heard Adele was pretty good, too, but she's not on Spotify, so I haven't wanted to listen to her. No. That's too bad. If it's not on Spotify. Wait, what, what is your number one? What in here? I think it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, Taylor Swift. It's the only album I listened to from start to finish this year, so it's all I got. Um, super weird. I think we just did our video games. You got them? Video games? Yeah, we just flew through. Like I only played I only played Arkham Knight from start to finish. Yeah. He mentioned Bloodborne and Zelda. 
Crowbird mentioned uh, Madden and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. there's one quality video game. Yeah. Those were the two worlds is really, really good. Even though it wasn't the year, but you did play it this year. So. Yeah. I've, I've only finished uh, two games from start to finish this mm. year. That was Batman Arkham Knight, which yep. I liked. Yep. And Bloodborne is my favorite game of 2015. Especially uh, the Old Hunters DLC. Really, really good stuff. Really good. Wow. DLC is usually not good. That's yeah. a nice change of pace. Yeah, it's, it's uh, from software's one and only DLC for the game, mm -hmm. and it's the whole the whole DLC is like a game in and of itself, and it has the toughest bosses in the whole of Bloodborne, okay. more, more so than the main game. Gotcha. Didn't you um, yeah. finish The Witcher The Witcher Three? Uh, no, uh, Witcher Three and Fallout Four. Those two games I have, but those games are so long they yeah. feel like jobs <laughs> to play <laughs> through. You have to literally vanish for like weeks at a time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's go through our movies. Yes. Who wants to start? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll start since I gave away my number one anyway. I don't remember. I already gave it away. Did you? Creed. Oh, right. Okay. I said yeah. Creed is my number one movie. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to work my way back. You want to do the same, re the same rotation that we just did for wrestling? Sure, Carlberg. Yeah. What else? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a nice one. Just play it by ear. <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever feels right, Carl. Yeah. That felt right. So if you have the same number, it's eh, 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 whatever. Yeah, pitch in. All right. My number five movie, 2015. Was Fast Seven, Furious Seven. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Fast three. and or Furious Seven. <laughs> um, so, uh, yep, that's my, my number five. five. It was uh, an excellent romp through an action-filled, action-packed, well-acted, heartfelt family movie. Right. Also, they jumped through three skyscrapers. <laughs> Wait, you know we always. Make it four and I'll put it as number one. <laughs> uh, what are you, madman? You're crazy. My number five, um, Avengers Age of Ultron. Love the whole Hulk versus big, big I don't think that fight. would make my top ten. Woof. Yeah. That was not a good Not to mention, I've only been to the movies like six times. That's true. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, uh, I've seen... A whole bunch of movies this year. So mm -hmm. rather than a how long does this take oh, you? Oh, we know, Vic. Yeah. yeah how long, does, how long well, does this take you? Is what I want to know. Well, because I know you. Because even if we were doing this, you would still make this list. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rather than rather than my top five, and my top five consists of movies that we've covered at length in the podcast. I'll mm -hmm. mention some some ones that we didn't cover too much at, or cover at all. Uh, my number five uh, film of 2015 that you should check out is a film that's on Netflix. It's called White God. And, uh, Sounds racist. <laughs> unusual title, but it's not. Um, it's a it's a Hungarian film, and it's a it's a film that uh, it's about this uh, thirteen year old uh, girl who who takes in this uh, this mongrel, this stray dog, and um, unfortunately her her father uh, doesn't want to keep the dog because otherwise, because it's a mongrel, he has to pay like a extra tax to keep it in the apartment. So what he does is he actually uh, takes the dog out for a drive and then kicks it off to, on the side of the road and drives off. And so the film follows this dog named Hagen. He's like a mutt, a mixed breed, and uh, he's uh, essentially uh, he meets up he meets up with other strays, um, and they're running around uh, the streets of uh, Hungary. And um, and uh, there's there's one point where this homeless person takes the dog and and you know sells him to like this dog trainer who trains pit bulls for like dog fighting, and then this and then you see how this sweet natured dog turns into this cruel vicious animal. Um, Sounds like the whole Michael Vick thing. Yeah, kind of, and um, and you and you see scenes of like really realistic looking uh, dog fights, 
And so if you're a dog owner, this movie might piss you off or you <laughs> might refuse to see it if you're one of those types of dog owners. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I really liked the film. It was pretty intense. Um, it was a really cool, uh, gritty fable, if you will. And, um, and, it, it, and the, 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 how, they, how they use all these stray dogs in the production and how they managed to pull it off without incident was pretty amazing. A uh, really cool thing about the film, too, is that uh, they, they used 250 strays for the film, and they actually found homes for all of them. Oh, so, good. Yeah. So it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's, a really, it's a really cool film. If you want to see something that's unique and kind of intense, White God, Netflix, check it out. A film that you cannot Netflix and chill to. <laughs> Got it. Mm, I, I can have to defy those odds, true. sir. I can Netflix and chill to a lot of things. <laughs> um, my number five, Jurassic World. That's a good movie. Yeah. No. Nostalgia fields. Yeah. It was it was a fun romp. Like yeah, you said. Totally with it. I Yeah. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't sure. seen it yet. It was fun. Plan two. But I haven't fun. seen it. Sorry, Victor. I enjoyed it. I've only been to the movies like seven times this year too. Oh okay. So that was one of my top five. I liked it a lot. I like dinosaurs. So see dinosaurs fighting dinosaurs. I like Jurassic Park three, Vic. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah, well if you like part three, you'll like Jurassic World, so yeah. Exactly. Number four, Eris. My number four movie was Ant-Man. Same with me. Me too! (laughs) I mean, that was filled with all sorts of pre-production issues, Mm -hmm. director quitting, and uh, as has been the case with all films in Marvel's recent history, friggin' awesome. It was a great movie. Uh, Paul Rudd was perfectly cast uh in that role and i can't wait to see what they do moving forward with that series i cannot have said it better myself there you go nick is that man number four uh no (laughs) Uh, what you got oh Oh, he said that was his number four too yeah we all had that (laughs) (laughs) uh my number four was uh spotlight it's a it's a journalistic real life uh, journalistic thriller starring michael keaton uh rachel mcadams Rachel mike mark ruffalo and others uh, this this film uh, covered the uh, real life um, uh, Catholic Church uh, sex abuse scandals in the early two thousands, and uh, the Spotlight team was um, was a I think they were they were working for the Boston Globe. They're like in a, they're like the oldest investigative journalist t- journalistic team uh, in, in the country, and uh, the whole film they're basically trying to investigate these uh, these sex abuse scandals. And as you're watching it unfold, it's like really, it really pisses you off, like how to the depths of how the Catholic Church covered up all these uh, these perverted priests and whatnot um apparently there were close to a hundred priests in the boston area alone that were diddling little kids and like all the archdiocese and everybody was covering up for them having them switch different parishes so to cover their tracks um you even had cases where parents actually took up the priest side rather than their own kids and um and and you kind of and you kind of learn like just just how how insidious this whole thing was and what was cool about spotlight was that um it took this really really gritty really awful subject matter, but it didn't sensationalize it. It presented it in a, in a very matter-of-fact, yet engaging way. So, um, so like, the, it let the facts tell the story. It let the facts, like, dictate your mood rather than manipulate you in any overt way. So, yeah, it was it was well-written. It was a great film. It was uh, directed by uh, Todd, uh, Tom McCarthy, who also directed one of the worst films, according to critics of last year, The Cobbler with Adam Sandler. So, it's funny how that works. I used that movie to fall asleep, but that movie sounds horrible. Oh, spotlight. Yeah. I mean, the subject matter, yeah, but like 
I like I, I have a. I, I don't want nothing like that in my spirit. Well, I, I, I have a like I have a you, like you don't see any abuse going on, but like I have a I have a Still. I have a soft spot for like you know really good journalism thrillers because it's a journalism major. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. So it's a really good film. Check it out. Got you. All right, Maurice, your number. Oh wait, oh, we have Man Two. Yep. Yep. Number three, Harris. My number three was The Martian. Ah, I did not see that. It is an excellent flick. Matt Damon really knocks it out of the park uh, once again. He has been doing nothing but gold work lately. Um, And he continues that trend here. It's a really understated uh, performance, I felt it was. I don't know why the hell they're categorizing it as a comedy, even though it did have um, funny moments. Yeah. But I certainly would not categorize that movie as a outright comedy. Yeah. Um, But... He he brought um, he he brought a sense of you know levity to to that character, which you know it, I felt like that role would have been very easy for an actor to fall into a sort of depressed kind of uh, I don't want to say mood, but a portrayal of that character who is stuck by himself in Mars is what it's supposed to be. But he actually brought a charm. And a wit to that character that made it, you know, entirely watchable, even though it was mostly him um, for the entire movie. But, uh, you know, some good performances ch- turned in by uh, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, for example, um, who's going to be Baron Zemo in uh, the new ah. Doctor Strange movie, by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, really, really, really excellent movie. I recommend it wholeheartedly. Mm. Got you. I actually do want I will be seeing that at some point. Colbert? Number three, Star Wars. Yeah, Carl Bird, nice. I like it. Nice. Just like it. Mm-hmm. Just three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Just three. It's pretty high, though. It's pretty mm-hmm. high. Yeah. I think we, we've discussed that one enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. my number two. I'll just throw that out. It's there. also my number two. So there you go. Yeah. Nick? Uh, number... Wait, what's your number three? Huh? Well, I was going to let him do three, and I'll do three. Oh, I just okay. said it was number two because we yeah. just oh, mentioned okay. it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, my number three film was uh, Predestination. It's a sci-fi action flick starring Ethan Hawke and Sarah Snook. Um, this is a film that's about uh, Ethan Hawke plays this time-traveling agent who's sent back to 1975 or from the future to stop this uh, terrorist bombing by this guy, by this uh, criminal known only as the Fizzle Bomber. And, um, what? The Fizzle Bomber. <laughs> fizzle. So, uh, so yeah, so Ethan Hawke sent back in time to stop him and um, he eventually meets this guy named John at, at a bar and uh, Ethan Hawke, he's, he's posing as a barkeep and uh, from there the film goes into like really weird, really unexpected directions. This, this, uh, it's a really, really cool movie. It's well written. Uh, the action's great, and um, the whole story is like very told, told brilliantly. And it's one of those films that like the less you know going in, the the better it is. If I tell you anything, anything more about the story, that would be kind of revealing certain things. So definitely check out check it out as soon as you can. Predestination is definitely one of the unsung gems of last year. He calls himself the what? The Fizzle Bomber. That sounds almost like Tickle Monster. <laughs> Hashtag Jerry Sandusky. Both are terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number three uh, was Furious 7. Yeah. Eris mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if it's uh, four skyscrapers, five skyscrapers, it could be number one. We'll see. What? We'll see. I said if they add another skyscraper, and then another skyscraper. It could Ooh. even bump up to two or one of all time. Skyscrapers. <laughs> and then um, you said yours number two is Force Awakens. Force Awakens. That was my number two. We've talked enough about that. We had an entire podcast dedicated to it. Carl Burr, what's your number two? Here you seven. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I like these lists. 
Man, we should have a world in sync except for Victor. He had to be the contrarian. Victor just yeah. wanted to talk about more movies. What's yeah, up with you, Victor? Fucking Victor. Look at that. Probably won't watch. Come man. on, come on. Keep yeah. it concise here, Victor. Uh, my number two uh, film on this list is The Hateful Eight. Yeah, oh, there you go. Eight. That was right. my honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, eight, eight strangers holed up in this uh, log cabin, this haberdashery rather, and it was it was really really great. Um, gritty, violent, as only Quentin Tarantino can provide. Um, there's a monologue that Samuel L. Jackson uh, delivers, which for me was worth the price of admission. Um, I love I love seeing it in a 70 millimeter in that big roadshow format, which uh, a lot of filmmakers don't do anymore. Um, I, and I also love um, Walton Goggins in, in the movie. Like you're never, never you're never sure where his allegiances lie. And Walton Goggins, he's an excellent actor. I mean, you, he's he, in this movie? yep, yep. He'll, he you can also see him in the final in, in, a, in the Justified. Boyd Crowder. Yep, as Boyd Crowder. That's my boy. Yep. And in Sons of Anarchy. And Sons of Anarchy. And training. Yep. Oh, cool. And uh, and he was in The Shield in an excellent performance in that mm-hmm. show as well. So hatefully, if you're if you're a Tarantino fan, there's no reason why you should not check it out. Can I say something about that movie? Yeah. I also watched it in no theaters. No spoilers. No, no spoilers at all. Okay. Um, yeah. I watched it in that 70 millimeter roadshow format. Mm-hmm. Um, who gives a fuck? <laughs> oh fuck off, Harris! You right? fucking. It was. It was. Yeah. Whatever. You fucking know what? luddite. There's a, there's... <laughs> Wait, what you call him? Luddite. Uh, listen. A lot of that movie, now, don't get me wrong, I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan, I felt it was a good movie, but certain parts of that movie felt like it was just a big Quentin Tarantino cinematic jerk-off. I'll, I'll grant you that. He is fucking full of himself, and somebody needs to get that guy in a fucking room and say, hey man, edit, you ever heard about editing, you son of a bitch? You, you know what I will say, though, the one thing that kind of almost, that somewhat took me out of the movie a little... Tarantino loves using the using the n-word a lot more so than Django Unchained. It's like it's like at this point He's just taking the piss with people true. Even it's, though it was hilarious at times. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, it was but Tarantino man <laughs> like The first time probably Robert his way of just saying it himself met Samuel yeah. L. Jackson's character and it was like hey You know like mm-hmm. oh man that, that, that was funny mm-hmm. um but now those shots of like the carriage rolling over the mountains mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. That did not need to go on for 10 fucking minutes at a time, Quentin. Nope. Thanks. Yeah. Also, this movie's so fucking long, Quentin Tarantino gives you a piss break. There yeah. is a literal intermission in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. There is. And I don't, you know, I don't like being negative, but I feel like th- it's warranted. It's a really good movie. But fuck, man. <laughs> really, you could have taken a whole half hour off that movie and it would have been fine. Sure. But he just wanted to give you the roadshow three-hour experience. Like old times. Stop jerking yourself <laughs> off in a fucking movie theater, Quentin. Move on, buddy. Mm. Also, that, that monologue by Samuel L. Jackson where he talks about dick without actually saying the word dick for an entire monologue mm. was fantastic. It was really good. It was. But yeah, excellent movie. I, there are problems, and me and Victor clearly agreed with it uh, with on this one even though he didn't mention not a one <laughs> I'll let you I feel like, I feel like I'm the bad cop in all these movie discussions with Vic yeah absolutely <laughs> but I don't know if you can find a bad thing with my number one Mad Max Fury Road yes mm. I love that movie I like it that was one of the movies like it finished and I just said wow it was really good mm. also another one of my honorable um, mentions that was number sure. one I, uh, I felt exhilarated watching that in the movie theater all day. Fantastic. Fantastic film. Yep. 
My number one is Creed. That's right, you mentioned I that. I believe I said that. Which we've all covered. Yeah. Like, yep, Calvert. Uh, Ty, Creed and Straight Outta Compton. Oh. That's all this works, Calvert. It's on a top six list. <laughs> Straight Outta Compton, again, in my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's coming out next week on Blu-ray. Nice. I thought it came out yesterday. No, today was The Martian. Fantastic. Which I bought. But I, I do, before Victor gets his number one, I do want to just shout out one of my honorable mentions that has not been mentioned by anyone. Interstellar was a fantastic movie. Matthew McConaughey was really good in that, and that's one of those movies that really makes it makes you think. Like, it's a trippy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I said, it wasn't in my top five, but I feel like it deserves recognition just because it's one of those movies that kind of sticks with you after you see it. It makes you think about what, like, what the fuck. Like, obviously the science behind everything they were talking about is completely either theoretical or fake, and it's complete nonsense, but... It was pretty cool and fun to think about, and just like the world that they created was a very understated, near apocalyptic future mm-hmm. that you know it didn't have any crazy zombies or, or any of that nonsense. It was just kind of like the, the Earth is dying. Mm-hmm. What are we gonna do about it? <laughs> oh hey, we're gonna send Matthew McConaughey into space. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Good movie. Never return. Watch it. I, it's I, very I good. I will. It's a really yeah. good movie. It's an excellent film, but it came out in 2014. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, I thought that came out. Don't worry, I did that with one of my wrestling. Yeah. Was it late? Fun? Was it like late? Yeah, November 2014. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Close. Well, yeah. scrap the entire show. Yep. <laughs> I mentioned a wrestling match. Let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> number one, Vic. Uh, number one for me was uh, Ex Machina. Ooh, I need to watch that. Ooh, robot banging, Vic. Woo! I've been looking forward to that all year. Yeah. God, get Randy, Vic. <laughs> Implied robot banging, but um, uh, this this film was this film was excellent. It was uh, written and directed by Alex Garland, who also wrote such films as Twenty Eight Days Later and Sunshine and uh, Dread. And uh, this film was great. It uh, stars Donald Gleason, uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, aka General Hux, and Poe Dameron, respectively, mm-hmm. and Alicia Vikander. Uh, and in this, in this film, uh, Donald Gleason plays this guy named Caleb, who um, who is. Uh, Who's, who wins this contest? Who's summoned by his boss uh, Nathan? Who owns this like blue book company, um, which is like which is like Google, and uh, he's 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 sent there to uh, administer. He's sent to Nathan's compound to administer the Turing test to determine whether or not this this AI that he built, that Nathan built, actually is has artificial intelligence and human consciousness. And from there, the whole film kind of unfolds. Like there's a lot of themes like what is what is. What, what, it, what it means to be human, uh, whether or not, um, whether or not uh, inte- artificial intelligent life should, should have, there should be some ethics to, uh, dealing with that. Uh, and um, you kind of see how, how Nathan and Caleb, how their dynamic uh, shifts and unfolds throughout the film, as well as, as, well as Ava, who's the AI. And you kind of see, you kind of wonder whether or not Ava, as an AI, whether or not she has ulterior motives for testing uh, these two men. And what was cool about the film too is that um, like it kind of subverts certain uh, character tropes. Like for example, uh, Oscar Isaac's character—he's the, he's the inventor of this AI, this really remarkable AI. But yet he comes off as this complete arrogant dude, bro. Like he like he's like he's like he's he like he lifts weights, he punches bags, he drinks a lot. He's a fucking alcoholic. He's a mess. And um, and uh, what was cool, what was also cool about the film too, is that um, like the whole setting, the whole setting takes place at this at this uh, compound, this research facility. And like, uh, I, I like I like the set design. It was really gorgeous. It was really like really slick. 
And it was kind of like subtle in that, like, um, like for example, like all the lighting in the film, like all the lighting in the hallways and the rooms, they're all recessed, they're like hidden behind panels, and it kind of, kind of, it's kind of like a visual representation of like how these, how these people, they seem to be open on the surface, but they have ulterior motives, um, and and it, which is especially true with the uh, with the with the Ava character, um, and and the whole film is like it's 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 definitely thoughtful science fiction. It's it's a it's a film that would definitely make you think. It raises a lot of a lot of uh, interesting themes of like not only like AI and technology, and like um, the whole singularity between artificial intelligence and humanity, but also like gender gender issues as well. Um, what is gender, for example, uh, among among other other things. So yeah, Ex Machina definitely one of the best films of of last year. Uh, implied robot banging, so I guess that's an incentive to see it for oh, you guys. Okay. I was gonna, my, my, my question was going to be, so there is no robot banging? <laughs> it's just implied? Okay. Well, it, I can make do with that. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, and like, like I said, it's a film that, that warrants a lot of discussion and a lot of analysis. I love the film. Um, check it out if you're a fan of thoughtful science fiction. Great stuff. And robot banging. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Mauricio, number one? Oh, I mentioned it, uh, Mad Max, Fury Road. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, love it. Loved it, loved it. Yeah. Two quick emails. Yeah. Uh, top five. Hello, friends. This is AWOL. For those wondering, after a thorough review of all my options, I have come up with my top five list for 2015. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. In no particular order, because he spits out fire. That is all. <laughs> Subject line. Flaws and all. Dylon's hey, also in my top five. <laughs> Hey guys, first off, fuck you from the bottom of my heart. Before I get to my top five, I must say this. Eris, you fucking fuck. You nitpicking prick. Oh, how is Kylo Ren able to read minds? That's stupid. No, you're stupid. The Force allows you to do mind tricks. Is it that hard to believe that after 30 years in training at the most powerful Jedi ever, someone might develop a version of it? I bet you question Mary Poppins' ability to fly with a mere umbrella. You dick. <laughs> Not my top five. Dope. New school movie, old school feel. Four. Ant-Man. Best Marvel movie after Guardians. Three. Inside Out. Can't say enough about how good this movie was. Two, Star Wars, most anticipated movie of 2015 and lived up to the hype and surpassed it. And finally, Mad Max Fury Road. No explanation needed. This one is one of the best movies of all time. Uh, if you have any uh, issues or concerns, email me at docstrange401 at gmail.com. We can discuss it after I shoot you. Your friendly neighborhood <laughs> man, Dr. Amadeus Strange. Thanks, doctor. <laughs> um, I actually, watching Clone Wars and reading more Star Wars Vader, there's other points where like someone needs information and they, they can't read their minds. But there's one awesome scene in Clone Wars where the uh, Jedi are like, oh, we don't torture people, we can't get that for information, and Anakin's just like, fuck it, and just force chokes him. It's amazing. Right, you can force choke the fuck out of anyone for info. Right. But who the fuck reads minds? Anakin's the chosen one, and he can't read minds. Nitpick, nitpick. Fuck you, Force Awakens. Where can they find us, Callbird? God, you're uh, a nitpicking fuck. Jesus Christ, thank you for the email. Suck dicks, Vic! <laughs> That's oh, oh, real mature, real mature, <laughs> Harris. Real mature. Oh, man. Carl Burr, where can they find us? You can find us all over the damn internet. Um, email the show. <laughs> you can email the show at uh, Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, Codex Prime Podcast. Twitter, Codex Prime Cast. SoundCloud, Codex Prime Podcast. Instagram, Codex Prime Podcast. <sighs> Anything else? YouTube, uh, I guess. And YouTube. <laughs> just search Codex Prime. We're still working on that bug right there. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine, at Victor Omoyo. And you can also find me on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash user slash V Omoyo. I think that's everything. SoundCloud, Mr. Bird, 1027. Insta 
Twitter and Instagram as well, Mr. Bird 1027 And we will post that Deadpool picture on the Facebook. It's awesome. It will be up there. But catch you all next week. Send us your top five. You want to read them on the air. Later, nerds. Later. Peace out, everyone. See you next week.